Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another edition of the Out of Bounds podcast, also known as All Bases Covered on Apple and um, Spotify, as well as others, until we get our new name brand change and new theme song. But uh, we are here. Sorry I missed last week. I was deathly ill with the flu, and it fucking sucked, and I'm still recovering. Uh, we got Sam on. Josh will be joining us in a couple minutes. Uh, we we got a lot to talk about today, man. Um, but I, I can't wait to kind of dive into some NBA talk with you, Sam, because I, I think it's currently a, a, probably one of the worst products it's ever been in years. Oh, yeah. I have to, have to totally agree with you on that, man. Am I audible, by the way? Is, I'm, I'm using a new headset. Uh, yeah, you're audible. It sounds a little quiet, but you're audible. Uh, better now? Yeah, better now. Okay, all right. But, yeah, all right, so uh, let's talk some NBA. So, I first I want to start with the fact that so many new players today, a lot of the young, the guys that are still playing are guys, you know, they, 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 a lot of these guys act like, oh, all these old heads are talking and it's it's just as tough a game as it was back then. J.J. Redick is one of these guys who I, – I fucking hate J.J. Redick, by the way. I know he's smart, but he's, he's, he's a smug asshole, and he comes from Duke, and it's just not really surprising. But J.J. Redick is always talking about, like, Michael Jordan didn't play anybody. The, the game was physical, but it was less skillful. And I got to disagree, dude. When you watch NBA games now, it's everybody jacking up threes or getting to the free throw line. Where's the skill? Where is the mid-range jumper? Where is the skill of going to the lane? Who the fuck is guarding the paint these days? Uh, who, Sam? Can you hear me, by the way? How about this? Is this better? That's, that's better now. Huh? Yeah, that's better now. Okay, sorry, bro. Yo, so sorry. The other thing is that when it comes to it comes to like stats, like you you look at like a, a you know a, a respectable stat for for defense was steals and blocks, right? But yeah. then you have guys that are just chasing stats, like Wembenyama, you know, for for instance, right? Because he can, yeah. right? So you're you're he's a, actually he's good when it comes to defense. But if you were to out coach him, you could because he chases blocks, right? So you get you get games with seven blocks, Holmgren getting nine blocks a game, you know, in a yeah. game, things like that. Normally, never used to happen. There's and people are going to say that, hey, people, you know, defense is not gone; it's still available. It's really not. It's absolutely, yeah. it's completely gone. People are just chasing stats and they're stuffing them uh, with three pointers and blocks and and all kinds of nonsense. I heard what JJ Redick said the other day. He said that Larry Bird. Was was not a top five shooter. He would never be a. He wouldn't be a top five shooter today. Are you out of your mind? Like what? What the hell is wrong with Jackie Reddick? Dude, there's something wrong with him. There's something, yeah, phenomenally wrong with him. So, I because all those guys, I think, could play. And they they want to talk about, oh, well, you know, this guy, you know, only averaged nine points per game in his career because guys actually played defense then. Okay, let me ask you, Sam, 
I'm going here looking through all these fucking stats of the leading scorers, okay? I am at the top 100 scorers in the NBA right now, and I'm still not below double digits. What does that mean? No one's playing defense, right? <laughs> right? No one's playing you've defense, heard. dude. Nobody. Nobody's playing you've defense. Heard of, I'm sure you've heard of P.J. Washington before. He's, he's an okay yep. player. He's an okay player, role right? Player. Role player. He's a role player. This dude is averaging 13 points per game. He's averaging 13 points per game right now, Okay. Then you got other guys who are borderline all-stars. I'm going to say borderline all-stars. Averaging nearly 20 points per game, they're not that good. R.J. Barrett averages, 20 point, averages 19.1 points per game. R.J. Barrett. Yeah, R- yeah exactly. R- R.J. And, and R. Barrett in, in the 90s. The 80s would be that eight-point scorer that you're talking about, you know? or maybe even less. I mean, yeah, based on based on the, the 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 how how tough head coaches were of that era, absolutely, you might not even get playing time. Do you know who was a really good player? Never, but he and the he played from 1990 to 2005. I'm going to tell you this guy's name here in a minute. He never made a single NBA All-Star game, NBA All-Star team. Never made a single one. His best career highlights was he was all-rookie first team, and he led the NBA in the steals in 1999. Kendall Gill. I wonder who it is. Oh, yeah. Kendall, okay, yeah. Kendall Gill, yeah. Kendall Gill was a phenomenal player. He was a really good basketball player. I would venture to say that if you dropped Kendall Gill in the NBA now, this man would average 21 points per game. He Easily. averaged Easily. he averaged Easily. 13 points per game for his career in the NBA. He averaged 13 points per game. I, I think he easily is 21 points per game. He's probably a multi-time all-star, too. So I, I heard a really uh, interesting um, uh, take. Uh, so so uh, Kevin Garnett was talking to the White Mamba, and okay. he was talking about, you know, how, it, you know, you played in multiple eras and you were able to extend your career as a role player off the bench, a body, so on and so forth. He's like, what do you think about today's NBA? And and his his response was that in our era, you were respected for playing both sides of the ball, defense yeah. and offense. So if you could do both, then you were considered a good or a great player, right? If you could do yeah. one or the other, you were considered a role player. Or if you did one thing really well, you might come off the a bench for good, that and so on and so forth. You're a pretty good player, right? Like, like for yeah. instance, like, like Tim Hardaway, right? Was con- oh, he was a dog when it came to, when it came to pressure, on, like on ball pressure, but, bro. He's a dog. But I wouldn't I wouldn't consider him like a great defender, right? He wasn't no, no, Gary. No, no, no. He wasn't Gary Payton. Right, not, he not, wasn't not like John Stockton, right? But but Tim Hardaway's not talked about as a as an all time great, but everybody talks about Tim Hardaway as a very good player, like you were just saying, right? He's talked about as a very right. nice player, right? Right. He did something. Some things really well. He he yeah. drove. He he kicked out. 
and you know he could still shoot mid range. You know he was good at layups. There's a lot of things he did well. So so basically what they, he was saying is that nowadays no one plays both sides of the ball. Nobody does really. Very, and if very you want to say if you want and if you want to say that there's a select few that do play both sides of the ball, those guys are supposed to be the ones that are considered the stars, quote unquote. Right. Of this era. The only the only two guys that I would say truly play both sides of the ball at a fairly close to elite level are Giannis and Kawhi. I would put Embiid in the mix too. Okay, sorry. I apologize. I would I'll throw Embiid in there in that list. That that's and that's really it. That's really all there is to it. Luca, as great as he is, Luca doesn't play any goddamn defense. Yeah. He can't be bothered. He can't be bothered with it. I would maybe he give want to expend the energy. He doesn't want to expend the energy to play <laughs> defense that'll take away from his offense. Shy is pretty good too as a guard. Shy is averaging two point one steals and almost one block per game. But see, here, go, let me ask you one more question. Let me ask you another yeah. question. Now, with the volume of scoring, aren't you increasing your chances of getting steals and blocks? That's isn't that uh, an inflated stat line? No, I wouldn't. I don't necessarily call it inflated, but it's definitely. It, I, I think the number of possessions in today's game does help that. It does help it a little bit, but I don't think it's that inflated. Because you still got to be in a position to get the ball, um, so I don't think it's—I don't think it's too terribly inflated. But I just—I don't know, man. I look at the game today, and I look at some of these players, and I'm not going to sit here and dog on all the generation of players because I think there's some guys that can flat out play. I think Luca can play. I think Shy and Giannis, obviously KD and LeBron. Jokic can all play, but uh, there's also a lot of guys that benefit from the game and the rules now. I, I'm sorry. I look at a guy like Steph. I look at a guy like Trey Young. I don't think those cats could play in the 90s and early 2000s. I, I don't think they would be able to take the physicality. Do you remember – when the fucking Spurs sent Steve Nash soaring into the scorer's table? Yeah, yeah, dude. Those were brawls. Those were literally, they were, they were you know, a pay-per-view events. Like the Heat and the, and the, and the Knicks, each game was, was literally a pay-per-view event or a big fight of some sort. Yeah. I just, I don't, I look at some of these guys, and I'm just like, you can't play. You're not that. Would, like, would you throw? Would you throw your Jason Tatum's in that mix? One-dimensional kind of ish. I think Tatum is a little bit underrated. I'm being honest with you. I, 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 if I'm looking at this list though right now, and if I could say in five years who I think will be the top three players in the NBA, I'm going to give you my top three players in five years. Now, this is also taking into context current age, because right now I think Joker's like 28 years old, so he would be like 33 in five years, right? Right. I think the top three players, based on their age, in five years, are going to be Luca, Shy, and Anthony Edwards. That's a pretty... 
solid uh, solid three because Anthony Edwards is again also playing very well. And he's, I mean, Edwards is only 22, right? So in five years, he's only 27. So he's just hitting his prime at 26, 27, right? Players, yeah. let's be honest, 24, 25. And then that prime usually lasts until like 32 or 33. So it's usually like, I think it's fair to say, <clears throat> for NBA players, their primes are usually about 10 years where they're at their the peak of their skills. And then they might still be in, they might still be one of the better ball players as they're coming down a la Durant and LeBron James. But obviously, you know, with Durant, he's, he's 35. He's on the downside of his career. LeBron's 38. You know, he's on the downside of his career. Right. So I'll have to, I'll have to add one more thing though. Like Kevin Durant yeah. has had a couple of major injuries. So, right. You know, the, the 35, probably would be would look better if he didn't have those injuries. Um right. and LeBron right. is just you know, he's been, LeBron played pretty much majority of his career. He played healthy. Yeah. He hasn't he hasn't missed a whole lot. He hasn't missed a lot. But yeah, I mean Luca and Shy both are twenty five right now. So I think it's fair to say that last year they started coming into the start of their prime. If that you know, and I think Obviously, in five years, they're going to be 30 years old, so they'll still be in that peak, right? 30 years old in the NBA, you're still at kind of peak performance. But, yeah, I, uh, those are my top three. I don't – because Jokic, to me, is he's so great, but to me, it's like he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I can you see it. You ever see him kind of, like, warm up, or he seems, like, just, like, ready to go home. He's like, all right, is the season over yet? Like, I'm just so tired of all this shit. <laughs> like, like he's so great, but I could totally see Jokic in five years when he's, like, 34, 35, just being like, all right, I've had enough. You know, like, money, I've and yeah. got some MVPs, time for me to go. Yeah, I've won, a, I've won a championship or two, and I'm good now. You know, I've I've done what I need to do, so – I just, you know, the other thing that guys talk about for the NBA is where are the fucking rivalries, Sam? Oh, it's, it's again, non-existent, bro. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Non-fucking-existent, dude. And that's, to me, that's what's killing the NBA. And that's what Shaq and Charles Barkley and some of these other guys have said is nobody hates each other anymore. They're like, I was cool to be cool with you in the off season. But during the season, I wanted to kick your ass. Where is that? Like in the eighties, you could point to the Lakers and the Celtics as a huge rivalry. And then if you're talking just interconference rivalries, you had the Celtics and the Sixers and you had the Celtics and the Pistons. And then in the West, you had the Lakers and the Rockets and you had, you know, Teams that legitimately didn't care for one another, right? Then you get to the the late 80s and the early 90s, and what was it? It was the Bulls and the Pistons, right? And you had the Bulls and the Cavs. And and you had, you know, going further into the early 2000s, you had the Lakers and the Trailblazers and the Lakers and the Kings. And you had – You had a run where, you know, you had the Suns that were good in the early 90s and then again – 
uh, you know, when Steve Nash came around, right? Yeah, and then and then the Suns and the Spurs had a heated rivalry, right? They had oh, that, they that, hated that, absolutely. They, yeah. yeah, they hated each other. What teams can we point to right now and say, man, there's some bad blood there? Do you see a single rivalry right now in the NBA where you could say those cats don't like each other? No, you really, you, honestly, you can't say that because even like we let's talk some current rivalry, right? We can go back to that uh, Harden, Durant, uh, Ibaka, um, uh, you know, Westbrook squad. They were going yeah. up against uh, uh, those veterans from from the Grizzlies, uh, Mark Gasol, uh, Zach Randolph. Oh, yeah. They were Randolph. they yeah. were going up against yeah Tony Allen. They were going up against uh, quality competition. They hated playing each other. They hated playing each other. So, like, yeah. even later on, there was rivalries where you had teams that just couldn't stand each other, and that was the case. But it just sort of disappeared, I guess. With all the stars hopping around now, it's like you yeah. keep the relationship from before, and it's everything's cool now. It's all fine and dandy, right? The only rivalry that I can even think of right now that has a little, I would say, a mild amount of heat to it is the Bucks and the Heat. Yeah, yeah. I would even put the Sixers and the Heat in that mix, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler is kind of a dog still. He doesn't really want to be cool with you, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And the Heat have knocked out the Bucks in the playoffs multiple times, and I think they, they got Giannis's number. And I, But Giannis is so laid back that it don't – he don't even give a shit. Like Giannis got his ring, and I don't think right now if Giannis got bounced in the play in the first round of the playoffs for the next four years, I don't think he'd give a shit. He and that's my other contract would be up, and then he would go and bounce, go somewhere else, right? Yeah, and that that's my biggest problem too is the lack of rivalries because you can't say that in any other sport, Sam. Right now, football still has heated rivalries with teams that just flat out don't fucking like each other, right? The, the Bengals... There's never going to be a time where the Jets like the Patriots ever in history. Right. You know, or or even the fucking... Stuff. Or the Jets and the Bills, right? Yep. And yep. the Bengals, they fucking hate the Steelers still. And they don't like the Ravens. And, and you know, the... Uh, so, like, in football, there's rivalries. rivalries. In hockey, there's teams that don't like each other. They fight. All the time, the Bruins and the Flyers. And then you got baseball. You still got teams that don't like each other that throw pitches at each other's heads. Yep. Full out hey, ball. Yankees and the Rays still hate each other. Yankees and the Red Sox. And the Red Sox. That's been going forever, right? Yeah, like, so basketball, basketball doesn't have any dogs there. So... The other thing that I brought up in a chat before, and I was talking about how soft players are, Trey Young's probably going to miss the rest of the season because the Hawks are, like, babbling for a play-in tournament spot. Nobody gives a shit. Right? But he elected to have surgery on his hands. He, I think, broke his left pinky finger, Sam. It's his non-shooting hand. Right. You, well, all I would say is that if you told Kobe Bryant that right now, he'd be like, 
Like, what the hell is wrong with you? You're an all-star. You're, you know, you are a premier star of the NBA. You don't think you could fight through a couple of weeks to let it heal? No. Yeah, because, like, no. dude, you put on the pinky, you put, like, a splint on there, right, to hold it in place with your other hand, with your other finger, your, with your ring finger. It's your non-dominant hand. And it's your non-shooting hand. Now, granted, NBA guys can all shoot with their left, but that's only when they're dribbling to the basket. But I'm sorry, well, I mean, like... Can we, can we just talk about not even shooting? Like, how about you refine the other part of your game of just racking up assists, bro? I bet you he can, he can come in and give you 12 points and, like, 18 assists and still impact the game in a different way, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even imagine, like, if a quarterback broke his pinky on his non-throwing hand and elected to miss six weeks of the season to have surgery on it. Yeah. There are players not, that tore rotator cuffs and, like, they still played. Quarterbacks. Yeah. Hell, Philip Rivers played with a torn ACL. Yes. Yeah. I mean, fuck, Jack, Jack Ham or Jack Lambert broke his leg. Jack Ham. Broke his and leg, <laughs> and he finished the game. So yeah, you could, bro. S a w f t, bro. Dude, totally. And like Ronnie Lott, didn't he dislocate his pinky? And he just had it chopped off. Yep, yep. He, because he played the game, the blood flow stopped, and they had to amputate a piece of it. Yeah, I just to me, man, I I feel like. That when I saw that, I'm like, so he broke, he injured his finger on his non-dominant hand, and he's having surgery on it for real. And then you got guys that that hurt their fucking knee and they missed a year and a half. So what the fuck are we doing, man? Like, what are we doing, like? Like, guys tear their ACLs in the NFL and they're back in eight months. You're going to tell me, as a basketball player, you need a year off and six months to come back? Yeah, the love is gone, right? The love is gone for the <laughs> where Where you push through injuries and you want to play for the, you know, for the sake of winning, really. Um, yeah. It's not there, man. It's not there. And then the last thing I want to talk about. Even in today's age, today's age of all the medical uh, upgrades we have with technology and and the science, your recovery time is actually less. So, like, guys that that came back from those injuries and they came back at a time where medicine wasn't as good as it is now, bro, even more kudos to them, right? Yeah. Frank Gore, just, just, holy shit, this guy tore both his ACLs. Once in college, once when he got to the NFL. No, he tore his ACL like three times in college. Oh, three times. Holy shit. Well, yeah. Well, he was always good. Cool yeah. I mean, Willis McGay is another one. He tore it like twice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just think, you know, Charles Barkley was talking about it, how fans are starting to tune out the NBA because they see these guys – playing a sport, making $40, 50 $60 dollars a year, and they're bitching about how many games they got to play, and they're bitching about 
oh, I have to sit here and play in 65 games to get to get awards and bonuses and how unfair that shit is. And, and Charles Barkley's like, that fan doesn't give a fuck. And, you know, you want to sit out games? Fine. We're going to not watch you. You guys want to buddy around? You want to fuck up the All-Star game? You want to uh, make a mockery out of the All-Star game where it's supposed to be the best in the world and the best pickup game? The All-Star game used to be the best pickup game to watch because it was guys that wanted to play and actually show out. It's just about guys running up and down, scoring uncontested baskets. They scored what, I was 200 watching, points, I, Sam? They yeah, I know. That, that's what I was just... <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to tell you, bro, the over... Just, all you have to do is look at the over-under for basketball games nowadays. You could yeah. tell that no one's playing fucking deep. Nobody. Nobody's playing. It's just sad. Back in the day, you would see an over-under of, like, you know... You might even have like a '90s line with like 160 or some shit like that, you know. Now it's not yep. even. It's like 250 is the starting point. So I'm just gonna. I'm okay with them scoring over 100 because no one's like playing like real defense, right? But this has gotten out of control. But let me just in the last couple of years. But let me just say this. Going back to 2003, the All-Star game went into double overtime, and the final score was 155 to 145. That's after going to overtime, two of them. Two, two overtimes. So, That's then, wild. That... In 2001, the East beat the West 111 to 110. That, that's like a regular game, bro. Right. Now... Here's the here's the scores the last four years. Starting in 2021, Team LeBron beat Team Durant 170 to 150. Team LeBron beat Team Durant 163-160. That's not that bad. 163-160. Okay, I've seen some scores like that even back in like the day. 2017, it was equally bad. West 192, East 182. Uh, 2023, Team Giannis beat Team LeBron 185 to 175. This year, the East won 211 to 186. And you had guys like Luca chucking up full court shots. And because right. they could, right? Because they're right. given the green light to just score. So here's my last thing before we move on. To Wait, can I, can I just say one more thing before you move on, real quick? Yeah. So one a common like I would say a similar um, comparison of what the sport is turning into is if you look at like English English Premier League or like the Champions League or just European football. Right? You know, um, it, it's uh, their star players also sit out, pull the hammies, so on and so forth. They sit out. They get paid an exorbitant amount of money, right? Uh, your your Messi's, your Mbappe's, they get thirty, fifty you know, 70 million a year, you know, to, to play soccer. But even when they don't play the, 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 um, uh, the draw to watch the, the, the actual game, the match is still there. Like the love for the, for, for the game is still there. Even when the stars aren't playing, which is something the NBA should really like find a way to learn. Have it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I well, it, but the thing is, NBA is driven by stars. Soccer is an international sport. Soccer is the most popular sport in the world, and to right. me, it, it's the equivalent of football. Right? How many playoff games? When remember the year when it was Blake Bortles and Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game? That didn't deter people from watching. As shitty as that matchup was, right? Exactly. As shitty as that matchup was, as the shitty as Blake fucking Bortles against Tom Brady, it didn't deter people from watching. Now, if you get an NBA Finals matchup, and it's the Denver Nuggets going up against the Philadelphia 76ers, and Jokic and Embiid are not playing in the series, how badly are the ratings going to be for that matchup? I mean, you might as well put them into WNBA category at that point. Yeah. NBA is completely run on stars. Always has been. Always will be. Except now the stars aren't giving us a reason to cheer. They don't care. And they're not really creating new stars either. They're creating really good players or possibly good players, fringe all-star players, but they're not stars. So when those stars are not playing, the other guys can't carry the, the, the whole thing. It's also hard to root for guys that are foreign. And that's not – I'm not – let me rephrase that. In every league that you have, and that's why baseball has suffered to an extent, is you, as great as it is having international players that do really well, you need American-born stars to, for people to back. It's why football is, I think, insanely popular because all the best players are American-born. There is no Luka Doncic in the NFL. There's no guy from... There's not going to be a rugby crossover player that makes it into a star or, like, you know, a right. turns into Christian McCaffrey, right? It's not going to happen. Exactly, exactly. But in, the, in, the, in baseball and in the NBA... Your top players are not American anymore. <laughs> LeBron James and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant are all aging out. The best players right now are Luka, Giannis, and Jokic, and none of them are American. And if you throw Embiid in the mix, too, he's also not American. <laughs> right, exactly. And then if you look at best American players now, like Jason Tatum, Shy. Anthony Edwards. Hey, they're Shai's very Cana- Shai's Canadian, I believe. Oh, Shy might be Canadian. Okay, Shy, you're right. But he, I, I, I get confused because he played college basketball at Kentucky. So, um, but yeah, like, where are, where are the the where's the Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal's? Right now, the best <laughs> players are all foreign. They are yeah, all they are. foreign. And so even if, even if you go ahead and say, even if you go ahead and say like your Jalen Browns are yeah. uh, American born, they're not good enough to make that first tier, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can look at our stars like American born stars, and you can say that, you know, you have, uh, you know, you could put Trey Young in that mix. Right, um, if you would like to, right, you could put him in that I mix. But 
I would not. I, I know, I know, I know. But he's considered an all-star. He's American-born. You know, you, you, your Jimmy Butlers are too old. You know, that group yeah. of people are too old. Uh, they're not yeah. making it. Um, your Anthony Edwards, your Tyrese Halliburton, they're not just there yet, really. That right. exploded into becoming a Kobe Bryant <clears throat> or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, it's and totally it's like not the there. Madonna, who looks like the next big thing is from fucking France. France. Yeah. Also, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> real quick, though, I wanted, uh, as I got this cough, I wanted to talk about this real quick. Um, I know I, I, I know we're going to get some wrestling. I don't know where the fuck Josh is. Josh said 10, 15 minutes, and it's eight. He's missed half the fucking show. So, uh, anyway. He, he's too busy cir- circle jerking, bro. Yo. I guess so. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, as you guys hear, I'm still kind of coughing. I'm a little congested still, still getting over stuff. I went to uh, an urgent care uh, last week because it was a weekend and my primary care physician, their offices were closed. So I go to this place called American Family Care, and I thought the reviews were pretty good, whatever. First off, when you get there, they got two receptionists or people working in the computers, but they don't have anything to do with you. They tell you to go to this kiosk. You go to the kiosk, type in some basic information, and then they text you. And then in the text message that you get on your phone, it opens up, and you got to take pictures of your insurance card, your driver's license, all this shit, and then basically register everything yourself on the phone, which I think is a little convoluted and stupid. Why do you have two people working back there at the desk? Why, you know, why can't they input the shit into the computers? Because for me, if I was 65, 70, if I was older, if I wasn't feeling very well, this is a big headache for me. Anyways, regardless of the fact, they then tell me (coughs) that my insurance, for whatever reason, is coming back like, not registering, like not, and they say like, oh, Anthem, Anthem sometimes has this issue on Saturdays where it doesn't process. So they say, I want to keep, keep your card on file and we will bill you later. Okay. And I, and at this point I should have just walked out and I didn't, I wasn't thinking. So I, I, I'm like, okay, fine. And I give them a card to keep on file and I go back there. I get the test done. First of all, the fucking doctor, I told him that everybody in my house had the flu and the doctor tested me for COVID, which came back negative because nobody had fucking COVID. They all had the flu. So regardless, I get get out of there with my antibiotic because I also had a, a sinus infection on top of the flu. Come to find out, I'm reading reviews and I'm going over it with my wife and this place does this all the time where they say the insurance won't read so they can't really they don't know how much insurance is going to charge you then they charge you an amount for services and they make up services so one lady went in for an urgent care visit and she got a $450 bill and they charged her card on file So I canceled yeah. my call. <clears throat> it's called, it's, it's called bundling. It's called bundling. Okay. This is what providers do. They, uh, as long as it's a pertinent um, service to provide for the issue that you initially came in for, 
prognosis or whatever before it's determined, they can charge anything that's related to that. So, yeah. And it, it, so, it's, it's absolutely, like, disheartening <clears throat> to that because you well, go in and you have no idea yeah. what you're getting charged for. I, I did an investigative little journalist action the, the next couple days after this, and they called seven different urgent cares. All of them said, unless you request a printout of what was done there, they don't give you one. So if you leave a card on file and you don't get a printout, they could literally say they did this, this, and this, and you have no way of refuting that. When I go to my primary care physician's office, they give me a packet of paperwork when I leave, and it has everything that they saw me for and what was done that day. When I'm leaving, but these that's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be done. It should be. Actually, you should you should do a little bit more research, uh, Mike, because I still think they're on the hook for certain things. But that's okay. That's besides the point. Talk about that. I'm just, I'm just not. I wasn't a fan of that. I don't like them saying we're going to keep your card on file, and you're not going to know how much we're going to charge you. You're just, it's going to be a surprise. And I was like, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay logging into my account and being like, oh, you charged me $500 for this visit. So I canceled the card. So they don't have a a card on file to charge me. And if they need to call me about it, they can call me about it. Then, But before I pay shit, I'm going to ask for a bill. And then I'm going to, you know, you know, what's hilarious, Mike, it's places like that, that, the reason why insurance companies don't pay for services rendered because they automatically assume that the place that's re- rendering those services is. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it was a sad kind of state of affairs. So I just, I couldn't believe that. You have lots of sick people. You're, you're, you're almost like, yo, what country am I in? Like, is this yeah. serious right now? Yeah, dude, like, for real, like, it's like, you know, you got people who maybe don't, they don't have a primary care physician, or maybe and they were sick on the weekends, and they couldn't, they didn't want to wait till Monday to make an appointment with their PCP. I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't like people getting taken advantage of, I, you know, so, you know, fuck that. You, you know, I still haven't gotten a call from them, by the way, Sam. Today's Wednesday. I went to see them on Saturday. They were supposed to charge the card uh, after they ran it through insurance. Haven't gotten a Yeah, man. I gotten would follow up with those fuckers ASAP, man. I'm not. If they, if they don't want to charge me, if they want it to be a completely free fucking visit, then so be it. I'm not. Right, I'm so not you gonna... don't want them to send, send it to medical collections? For whatever reason, because they're following process, quote unquote. So yeah. I don't know. But anyways, um, that was my little um, rant and uh, little deep dive investigative journalism. It's you want about me to tell you a, a quick little, quick little story, yeah. real quick, about what I did to the dentist? Yes, let's, let's hear it. So I go in to the dentist, and I'm, I'm telling them, look, I, I know I have. My wisdom tooth over here that needs to get pulled, it came out. It's packing the entire uh, uh, top uh, part of left side of my teeth and so on and forth, so forth. And they're like, all right, well, let's take some x-rays. 
And they're like, all right, they go on the other side to take the x-ray. I was like, why are you trying to take an x-ray on this side? My tooth is on this side. Left side, you're going on the right. They're like, oh, we wanted to see the whole picture of the mouth. I was like, no. So you can charge my insurance company for the number of x-rays that you're doing? I know exactly what you're doing. So take the picture where the impact I'm telling you where it is. Outside of that, don't do anything else. And he's just like, well, I can't promise. I was like, I don't care about your problem. Go ahead and do what you're supposed to do. They took one x-ray, found, found my wisdom tooth, found where it was impacted, and they pulled it. <coughs> but they wanted to run me, like, five other tests, more x-rays, all kinds of other 3D imaging. So what? So you could charge me for it? No, man. That's crazy. Is, uh, that's, I mean... These places, man, all these medical providers, so many are just fucking wicked sketchy, dude. It's, it's fucking It's insane. like the Wild West, man. They feel like they can yeah. charge whatever they want for whatever service. There's no standard yeah. of, like, what you could do. Uh, is your, is Addy going to be calling in to us this evening? Nah, he's actually moving. He's actually moving to uh, a new, um, moving to a new, his new house. So he's the... Uh, at the moment. All right. Well, <laughs> anyways, uh, we've got maybe a couple minutes left. We can talk. Um, some sad news uh, from the world of wrestling today and world of entertainment, too. We lost, not only did we lose Richard Lewis man, today. we lost my boy on Curb, man. Kirby enthusiasm. Yeah. But Damn. Virgil also died today. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, so we lost Virgil today. He was 61. Uh, Richard Lewis. Uh, and then just recently, Ollie Anderson, Arn Anderson's older brother, passed. That was like two days ago. Yeah, again, wrestling stock, right? Yeah, yep. So, um, it just, I don't know, man. That's sad, sad news uh, uh, all around today but we are in peak wrestlemania season right and we yeah, don't have another everything moving forward is going to be the road to wrestlemania yeah and we don't have another pay-per-view until april which is when wrestlemania is there is no march pay-per-view so i i don't know man i like drew mcintyre I think Drew McIntyre is going to win the world heavyweight title from Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Um, I I don't know only how to have gonna... only to have Punk come and take it back, right? Because they still have to do the Rollins Punk uh, storyline. You know? so maybe or maybe McIntyre. Maybe they'll have a Punk McIntyre feud. Nah, it's back. not going to sell as much as, as Punk and, and Rollins though. Like it has to find its way back either to Punk or Rollins in order for it to that storyline it would have happened if it wasn't for the injury right i just i don't know if i would trust and see him punk right now because the aew put the title on him twice and he got injured all the time so he's then he's back he's back for one match the royal rumble and he, and he gets hurt he tears his tricep and i feel like right now he's just injury prone he is he was always a smaller guy, right? He's not a big, big guy. He's not like Drew McIntyre or Kane. But he doesn't stay healthy like a Shawn Michaels did, like a 
Um, Daniel Bryan. Even Daniel Bryan, well, although Daniel Bryan missed a lot of time with the neck injury. If he you did, remember, he did, but when he was healthy and he was wrestling, he had runs, right? Yeah, yeah. To me, this is feeling a little Dolph Ziggler-ish for CM Punch. Remember when Dolph Ziggler would get pushed and then he would get, like, the belt, like an intercontinental belt, or he'd get the world heavyweight title belt, and he would get hurt, and he'd miss time, and they would take the belt off him? Yep. It was like I, almost like you could set your watch to it. Like every every year and change, something would happen, and he'd have it yeah. for a little bit, and then be out because injured. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I like CM Punk. I like his <laughs> his wrestling style. I think that he is great on the mic, obviously, but he's got to prove he can stay healthy. And if I was Triple H, if I was Nick Khan. I would be hesitant to put the belt on him until he's proven that he can stay healthy. So when's when's he due back? Around SummerSlam ish, Sam? Did they say? Yep. 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 That's what they're they're tar- I mean, that's what they're saying as far as yeah. the target goes. I'm sure as he gets healthier, he'll make appearances on Raw and SmackDown and, or whatever. Rather, you know, he'll make those appearances, but it's not like uh, it's still a while. We're a while, we're a ways out. So if it was me, I wouldn't give him a title shot until 2025, maybe at Royal Rumble 25 or at WrestleMania next year. I would let him come back at SummerSlam, get into a decent feud with somebody pretty big, let him work some pay-per-views like Survivor Series and other shit. Uh, leading up to like the Royal Rumble and let me see if you can stay healthy wrestling on Raw wrestling on pay-per-views and if you can stay healthy maybe at Wrestlemania you get to main event Wrestlemania and you get a title shot but I that's all because if you come back at SummerSlam and you wrestle and then you then you hit Raw a couple times and then you get hurt again and you're out for another nine months, I am not giving you the fucking yeah, title. You're right. Because if, if you get hurt, if you get hurt in after getting the belt, that that's the worst case. Then you have a, yeah. basically have a, it, you have a vacant scenario where the guy's not wrestling, the belt's not being, uh, and, and you know, you don't do an interim, right? Or you, you take the belt off him completely. You make him vacate it, yeah. but then you have to have, like, some kind of tournament or something to get right. to on somebody I want else. Gunther, I want to see, see Gunther uh, kind of feud with CM Punk, actually. That would be good. I think that's Gunther's your two test for the World I'm Heavyweight sorry. title. I, I don't see them putting the, the WWE Universal Undisputed Championship on Gunther. I see him being like, if he's going to get a title reign, it's going to be with the World Heavyweight title. I think... Right. Cody Rhodes is going to get a shot to be the face of the company for a while. I think Roman Reigns, when he eventually loses that title, he's going to take some time off. We're not going to see him for a while. And then he's going to come back, and they're still going to have the bloodline story to wrap up. And there's still going to be a lot to do with that. But I I do believe that going – I think Cody Rhodes will win the title at WrestleMania. I, I think that's deserved, is it not? Right, he's the company. He's been towing the company line for a while now since he's been back. And yeah, I I think it's a little so. bit deserved. I think it, it is deserved, but now it's once he gets the title, do fans still care? 
That's going to be the key. Because every Roman Reigns title match, people tuned in because they either wanted to watch him lose or they wanted to see if he would keep the belt. And there's some interest there. You cannot tell me that there aren't there aren't guys in the WWE that the crowd rejoices when they become champion, but once the chase is done, they lose steam. Daniel Bryan, well, he's, got to, he's got to find a way to ignite it, keep it running right. after he gets it, right? Right. Yeah. Do you remember when Daniel Bryan went through all that shit, and then he beat Batista and Triple H <laughs> for the belt at like, and then he was kind of like forgotten about. Because he got what yeah. he wanted, right? Right. Like, yeah, I feel. I felt like that reign, um, it wasn't memorable. You know? And then it, it's like, okay, what are you going to – like, for instance, when they finally put the belt on Stone Cold when he beat Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14, then he started feuding with Mr. McMahon. Then all of a sudden he wasn't the champion that Mr. McMahon won in first company. And it started one of the greatest rivalries in WWE history, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon. And they, and they turned it. They were able to turn his, like, the viewers that were waiting for what's going to happen next. They gave yeah. him what's happening next. Yes. Yes. And You're worried about what's going to happen next to Cody Rhodes. I am. I'm a little, I'm not, like, overly concerned, but I'm looking here. Daniel Bryan, he won the title at WrestleMania 30. That was at, and I'm going to tell you his reign right now, but that was April 6, 2014, okay? He held the title, Sam. He held the title three months for 64 days. Yes. That, that is that that's going to show you. He probably maybe didn't, they didn't build him, build up enough steam for him to have it almost. No, his longest reign as champion was 145 days. That, that, that's almost like a, like a pebble in the ocean. Comes to yeah. Range. It's not long at all. It's, no, it, it is was, long, but it's not long, right? Right. That was November 13th, and he held it until until April 7th. In, in that sense, when you look at, like, Gunther's reign, you have to respect title. it. You know? Yeah. you got to respect that. Daniel Bryan, he just, when he got all, when he won that, belt that was like his like that was the biggest thing he beat Batista and Randy Orton for the world heavyweight title first he had to beat Triple H there and then he was added to the championship match and everybody's like this is this is the culmination this is for Daniel Bryan <laughs> and to hold the title for 60 some odd days <laughs> That's <laughs> just you know it's it's a disappointment. So, oh, you know, hold on. But one thing about this, uh, one thing about wrestling. I'm glad you could make the last seven minutes of the show, Josh. Yeah, my bad. Oh no, yeah, you're talking you're talking about Daniel Bryan with the 60 day reign after he 
after that, hey, hey, listen, you, don't, you don't have it. You don't have it. You don't have a chance to talk right now. You haven't showed up for for the other fifty two minutes of the show. So wait till we're done. Oh, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you, Josh. I'm messing with you. I'm fucking crying now, goddammit. <laughs> no, no, no. So what I was saying, what I was saying real quick is that it is is you know Daniel Bryan's reign almost it it felt like the whole uh, uh, the whole you know wrestling fandom was rooting for the underdog. And the moment that he got it, that's it. That was the, the pinnacle of it. There was nothing more to do after. Not, not necessarily. I, I, think it's, I think it goes back to McMahon. McMahon doesn't like anybody getting over organically. He is, he is so against people getting cheered by themselves. He will try to push them down and, and hurt them as much as he can, and that's kind of what I feel like he did with Daniel Bryan, because he, he he doesn't like the, the small wrestlers. He never has. He's always liked the big jack wrestlers. Triple yeah. H, on the other hand, always liked uh, wrestlers well, that could actually wrestle for a while, weren't very big. Well, because he was mentor for the he was mentored by Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels was the epitome yeah. of that. Shawn Michaels was not a big wrestler compared to like Undertaker at the time and Hulk Hogan and some of these other guys. No, but his, but his and, mic work and his technicality is what made him put him over the top. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. Same thing with a uh, Daniel Bryan. Seth Rollins is the same way. Um, CM Punk to a point, you know. So, yeah. I mean, you've got these so, very so you're technical saying, wrestlers. You're, so you're saying aesthetically pleasing wrestlers are the ones that end up with the, the belts. McMahon you, loved them, yeah. yeah That's who McMahon, McMahon wanted to, to push the title against, too. And, if you, and, and, Josh, if you look at some of the guys that got pushed back in the day that failed because – it wasn't because they lacked opportunities. It was because they weren't very good. Chris Masters being one guy. Do you remember how yep. much they put Chris Masters? And the master lock back in the day. And oh, absolutely! He was garbage. He was garbage. Same thing with uh, fucking uh, Schnitzky. Yeah. Uh, I the- mean, they had a few people like, and then you got people like Zack Ryder, who got over organically, and the crowd was behind a hundred percent. And you had McMahon. Yes, they he they let him win uh, the Intercontinental title, and after that, they buried him. Yeah. Well, and and that's how I felt like they were trying to do with Cody Rhodes to a point until they yeah. were like, oh, fuck. We got to change this because this ain't going to fucking work. Well, I'm still shocked they haven't put any belt on L.A. Knight. Because they don't trust him. Uh, he's, what, 40 years old. Uh, <laughs> he's got Damian the crowd and they're like, well, those Damian Priest is the goddamn money in the bank holder. 100% agree with you. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is with L.A. Knight, he got over. He got over organically. And they just haven't gave him his shot. They thought he was going to peak. At, like, right after that, that title match, they were like, well, that's the, the peak of his, his popularity. That's it. He's going to be done. He's going to start going down. And it hasn't changed. Yeah. So, I think I think they're going to – it, it depends on how they do the uh, the U.S. championship. I think they're going to do a ladder match, and L.A. Knight was 
probably going to be the one who's going to win that. So let me but ask you. I think that's the time you, you give him the title. What are they going to do with Damian Priest? Because I feel like Austin Theory and Damian Priest both have not been believable as cash-in candidates for one of the major championships. It feels like Austin Theory cashed it in and got the U.S. title, I believe. I feel like that's what Damian Priest is probably going to do or, like, the Intercontinental title or something. Well, but, if, you, if you look at it Monday night, they kind of teased it a little bit, like the, with the Judgment Day going after Gunther all of a sudden. Yeah. So if you're going to do, do it, if you're going to take the title off of Gunther, I think that's the best way to do it, is you have Gunther retain at WrestleMania against whoever his opponent is, and then you have Priest cash in and take the title from him. But don't you think that the person who has money in the bank should be going after one of the big titles? It Shouldn't it be someone that's legitimate, that's believable, as someone that carries the world for the you're one of the somebody. It should be one of the, because to me, last year instead of Damian Priest winning Money in the Bank, you could have made it L.A. Knight, or you could have yeah. made it, or you could have made it Gunther. Gunther could have been in that Money in the Bank ladder match. He could have been Intercontinental Champion. You could have had him drop the Intercontinental title at some point, then cash in that briefcase for one of the big titles, and all of that fans would have. Bought up. No one believes Damian Priest as a world champion. No one believed Austin Theory as a potential world no, and, champion. And, and honestly, I don't think you can do it, Russell. What are you going to have? You're going to have Cody Rhodes win the title and then have Priest cash in? Probably right, not. That's not the smartest move. The next one is you're going to have Cody Rhodes versus Drew McIntyre. I mean, you could possibly do it there. You have Drew beat. Rollins, finally, and yeah. then you have him cash in against McIntyre on night one. I mean, that's a possibility. It is a possibility. But I, don't think, I don't think anybody is buying Damian Priest as the world heavyweight champion. I don't think I don't either. Matches, I don't think his matches would draw fans, and that's when something me and Sam were talking about. With Daniel, with Daniel Bryan, is some of these guys fans are behind because of the chase. Once they title, the fans support Wayne's a little bit, and we were talking about that with Cody Rhodes and this whole finish your story kind of thing. Is the fan support going to be there? Are they going to buy the pay per views when Cody Rhodes is in the main event against whoever? Are they going to buy the pay-per-views once he's champion? Because the quickest way for you to lose your belt is if pay-per-view buys and attendance are down. Champion, And that's what happened to Big E. Do you remember? They never got Big E into a legitimate feud. His championship reign was kind of ho-hum. And then they took the title off him. And it's, it's so when you become champion, you better be able to still be interesting. Because if the so I, I, part is, is the chase, then you're done. And, and I think that's where Cody Rhodes has the, the benefit of the doubt is his dad was a legendary wrestler. Cody Rhodes can cut promos with the best of anybody right now. So that's kind of what you've got to look for in somebody that, that's going to hold the title is they can cut promos. 
Uh, Big E struggled on promos. I'm sorry he did. He yeah. just couldn't do it without Xavier Woods or Kofi Kingston. He's just not yeah. a he's not a one man show. He's he's a yeah. three man show. Damian Priest, if you listen to him on Friday night, he fucked up his promo and forgot what he was supposed to say. He caught yeah. himself and finished the promo, but I, that's not the first time he's messed up on promos. So you've got to have a champion that can deliver promos on a consistent basis. That's why they've never taken the title and give it to Shinsuke Nakamura, when probably he – I think he would have been a good champion. Yeah, I think, uh, you're right. Same thing with Asuka, right? It's hard when they don't speak the language. It's exactly. hard. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I mean they, it, they it, did, it's hard to say. Shinsuke did have a run with the belt for a little bit. Not the world title. He had it with the Intercontinental and, uh, I think, U.S. title, but never the, no, the main title. No. No. Remember, he, no, he never won the world title because he went against AJ Styles and lost every time. Then he went against Seth Rollins and lost. That's the only two times he's he fought for the main title. Oh, well, you're right. He's, he's only the U.S. Yeah, title. Exactly. He was the next champion, but that's that's it. Yeah, he was never the world yeah. champion. Yeah. yeah, NFT champion, yes, but that's not that developmental. Yeah. But you know, you know who they can actually – if the one person I think that they can really push on SmackDown right now is fucking Braun Breaker. That dude yeah. is fucking legit. Yeah, that I dude's agree. a star. And if you can push him the right way, whether he's a heel or babyface, that dude's legit. And he can be he can be a contender for any title at any given time. Yeah. You know what? I here's one thing. One last thing. If we if you wanted to put Nakamura's champion, you would have to pair him with a manager that could be his mouthpiece. Not necessarily Paul yeah. Heyman, someone like that, right? But the problem Where, is they don't have anybody in WWE that could do that right now. No, I know, I know. But I, I, like, I imagine someone like Bobby the Brain Heenan or, like, you know, like Jimmy somebody, Hart. Jimmy, somebody that could be the mouthpiece and then let Shinsuke kind of be, like, or even if they had another wrestler who wasn't a great wrestler, but he was a great talker, somebody that they could pair with him to be, like, that guy, right? And yeah, you know, they, they try to do that with L.A. Knight, is they had him come out as a fucking manager, and it just didn't work out, and they were about to release him, and then they like, like fuck, let's let him just wrestle, and that's why, that's what yeah. got him over. Yeah. He stopped being a fucking mouthpiece. But, all right, guys. Well, that is all the time we have. Uh, we had a great discussion on NBA talk for the, off the first, what, Sam, 35 minutes of the show or so. And uh, I don't know if Sam's still listening. He might be on mute No, I'm now. here. I'm here. I was just letting you guys run with the WWE thing for a minute. Okay. No, but that's, that's all the time we have. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back at it next Wednesday for you guys. Hopefully, Josh isn't a whole bag. I'll be here for the week. whole show next Wednesday. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see you when, I'll, when I believe it, man. I'll see you <laughs> <next>. <laughs> all right, guys. Everybody take care. Uh, have a good night. We'll be back next Wednesday. Thank you for listening.